and welcome to the Informed Traveler Podcast, a weekly travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So when was the last time you used a good old-fashioned paper map in your travels? With all this GPS technology, are paper maps even relevant anymore? We'll discuss the use of maps in a few moments with Brian Heiler, National Sales Manager for MapArt Publishing. Also, this past week, the folks from Visit Mexico were in town, so I got the chance to meet and chat with a rep from Palace Hotels in Mazatlan, so we'll play that conversation for you. And later, we'll visit the home of blues, soul, and rock and roll, Memphis, Tennessee. But as I mentioned, I want to begin with the topic of using a map in your travels. Do you still use one? I know a lot of people turn to their devices and GPS systems, but there's lots of advice out there that suggests that carrying a map is a good idea. So to discuss it further, I'm joined now by Brian Heiler. He is the National Sales Manager for MapArt Publishing. Their website is mapart.com. Hi, Brian. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing well. You know, if you, it, it's curious about this whole idea of maps. I think there's a perception out there that, ah, people don't use maps anymore. We have GPS. Technology will save us. Uh, but when you uh, Google, do people still use, still use road maps? My goodness, there's all kinds of uh, literature out there to suggest that maps aren't obsolete. People still use them. So I, I think that's good proof news. every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, people use people use maps every day. We have an ardent fan base, and there's actually practical uses for them that GPS simply can't replace. So the, the first one is the obvious, the wall map, which uh, hasn't had any sort of sales decline. In fact, sales increase over year over year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the paper folding map is one of those things that is still really essential to a good trip. It's because people can plan. Well, that's true. There's nothing better to get you uh, excited about a trip than folding a map down on a table and saying, we're going to go there, we're going to go there, we're going to go there. Also, yep. when, you're, uh, <laughs> when you're using a paper or a folded map, you don't have to worry about if you have uh, cell phone coverage, like a oh, GPS, or your batteries yeah, yeah. <laughs> dying, you're, you're, or anything like that. Batteries never die. That's absolutely <laughs> true. And most, you know, a company like CAA publishes a list of safety uh, safety tips every year, and it's always bring a road atlas, bring a map as a backup. And that, that that's an essential. But you know, I had a personal experience about uh, eight months ago that I, I really think is kind of comical. Is that I was in Chicago, a town I don't really know all that well, and I was trying to rely on the GPS, but you know, it's a very A to B close-minded system and a friend of mine and I were trying to figure out where to go and if we should take two cars or one car and we sat there for about 10 minutes on our phones trying to figure that out and then you know it dawned on me oh I sell maps for a living and I have a Chicago <laughs> map in my in my pocket I pulled out the map and in 30 seconds we had the whole itinerary plant mm-hmm. just from looking at the large scale picture the big picture and that is our theme at MapArt, which is maps plus GPS, see the big picture. Know what's around you. Know your surroundings. And um, we just, we're just we just launching um, something right now called Map the Future because uh, experts say that children should learn, not lose, the ability to read a map. It's mm-hmm. actually vital to developing their spatial skills, and that helps them in other, other resources, and especially in this highly technical society. So 
don't raise your kids on GPS. Make sure that they know how to read a street map. It's, it's, it's very important to their development. And we're giving back to schools, schools that need to uh, resources. We are actually donating some out-of-date but clean folding maps for schools uh, this, this, uh, this fall season. Good. Well, um, we'll get into how people can uh, get involved in that uh, in just a few seconds. But that's one of the, I think, one of the issues that people might have with uh, paper maps is um, keeping them updated. Is that one of the challenges that you have? Absolutely. Um, To be honest with you, though, I think we're actually better at it than we've ever been. Uh, We're doing smaller runs and we're keeping them fresher. you know, back in, the, back in the heyday, we used to print them by the hundreds of thousands, and now we're printing them in kind of, uh, you know, smaller editions, sometimes every six months. So the bases get updated a lot more. But it, it's, you know, there's a thousand moving parts in a folding map, and we try very hard, but at, especially to predict the future. And I think we do a great job, but you're always going to find something that, that gets omitted or changes mm-hmm. in the meantime. Well, and I would think that's the same challenge with a GPS map, too, as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know uh, the stats, but I would say they also have, uh, they have their, their foibles as well in terms of accuracy. <laughs> and how has the GPS technology uh, made uh, an adjustment for making the, the maps that you make now? Like, how have you had to adjust uh, your strategies and, and how you do things? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a little... It's a little easier, actually, to make some of, the, some of the products that we do. We have a new GIS department that we actually produce road atlases that have the GPS coordinates on them. So you can actually use them, and that's the whole plan, is in conjunction with a device. And I think a lot of people also want to use a good old-fashioned folded map as a memento. If you're traveling to a foreign land especially and you want to keep track of the places you've been, it's kind of neat to, to mark all the places you've been, right? Absolutely. And, and the other thing a lot of people are starting to, to get, a, get a grip on is if you're on a road trip with your kids, there's nothing better than giving them a road atlas so they can follow along, mark the trip, and then it becomes a memory, you know, a memory atlas mm-hmm. of all your, all your little stops. And uh, we're, we're working to develop some products along those lines as well. Now, uh, to just touch a bit on this Map the Future program, how do uh, schools get involved? Well, there's an online application form at mapart.com. Look for it under services, Map the Future. Mm -hmm. Tell us where your school is, what your grade is, and, you know, include any kind of notes that you need, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds like a great program. Brian Heiler is the National Sales Manager for MapArt Publishing. Again, the website is mapart.com. Keep a roadmap handy for emergency purposes, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Go get one now. (laughs) Thanks thanks for your time, Brian. Appreciate it. I'm really grateful for this. Thank you. So as I mentioned, the folks from Visit Mexico were in town last week promoting their destination. And one of the reps I got a chance to meet and chat with was Veronica Rivas. She's from Palace Hotels in Mazatlan. And they actually operate four properties in Mazatlan. So I learned a little bit about each of them. And here's how that conversation went. Let's start with the uh, Palace Hotels in Mazatlan. There's more than one. So give me just a background on the Palace and then we'll get into the individual ones. And then we'll talk about Mazatlan a little bit. 
for sure. So we have four properties. Uh, our flagship, I would say, is Oceano Palace. Oceano and Luna Palace have been the two properties that have been around for, for a number of years, recently renovated. And then we have two other new properties, Pacific Palace opened in, in 2016 and Star Palace opened in 2017. So they're the newest resorts in Mazatlan. So give me some uh, location. Are they close by with each other? Or are they spread out? <laughs> like where are they located? So conveniently enough, Oceano Palace, Pacific, and Star Palace, which happen to be our all-inclusive yeah. uh, properties, they're located right next to each okay. other. They're they're share a wall, okay. literally. And uh, Luna Palace, which is our, our uh, EP uh, property, is just about a block away north. Okay. So they're conveniently ro- located right next to each other, right on the golden zone of Mazatlan, which is, if you if you have never been to Mazatlan, really the golden zone is where you w- would like to be, and this is the best place to, to be in, 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 in a few sentences, just because everything is within walking distance, the tons of dining options, bars, and, and just sightseeing uh, attractions to visit. Um, and the beach that we are sitting on is called Seagulls Beach, mm-hmm. and it's uh, swim, swimming, is super swimmable, it's family friendly, it's a wide and open beach, so it's, it's just an, a beautiful place to stay. So explain a little bit of the difference now between the uh, Oceano versus Pacific versus Star Palace. I mean, you can use a lot of the same uh, amenities, but obviously some of the rooms might be different, right? So, in in a, in a few words, Oceano Palace has the, the 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 biggest or the largest common area, so a lot of the activities take place at, at Oceano. Okay. So it can be a bit noisy at, at times. So if you're someone who wants to have fun, who wants to be entertained, who wants activities and who is active and perhaps have a family that, you know, they have kids from different ages who would like to participate in scheduled activities, Oceano is by all means the best place to stay, especially for all inclusive. Um, Let's say if you're a a couple, uh, uh, you know, a young couple between 25 and 40, Star Palace, which is our new hotel, is beautiful. It's perfect because it's quiet, it's relaxing. Common areas are quite intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, the the style is quite sophisticated. The the decor is 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 quite chic. I guess it's South Miami style uh, yeah. um, architecture. So it's it's, it's it's beautiful for 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 couples who wants to just relax. Um, Pacific Palace, on the other hand, is is great for older uh, adults. I guess uh, even couples or singles. Our rooms are uh, quite big. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 430 square feet, so that gives you an idea of how big they are. The the, bu- the rooms themselves are perfect for for a, a relaxing time. The common areas are on the smaller side, but at the same time, you can always go to to Oceano and uh-huh. just partake on any activities and then go back to your own resort and just relax and have a quiet time. I'm thinking this would be perfect for groups because no matter who is in your group, you've got something that will fit in to whatever they're looking for and the group will be happy. Oh, absolutely. So we have a brand new kids club. So that's from four to 10 years old, years of age. Mm-hmm. We have uh, special activities for teens that includes movie nights, video games, and so on. And we have tons of activities for adults, whether you're a couple who wants to have just a nice relaxing romantic dinner we have that if you want to have uh, want to see a Mexican show we have that and so on and for example if there's a party sometimes family large families they like to travel together so for example if a, if a family of 12 
let's say mom, mm -hmm. dad, grandpa, yeah. grandma, and so on. They like to travel. Pacific is a good option because we can actually connect up to three rooms. Oh, okay, so the okay. entire family of 12 can stay together. Nice. And once they go to the common areas, they can just split and everybody <laughs> goes and do their own activities, have fun, and then, yeah. you know, connect back to, and have an, a, a, a wonderful lunch. Yeah. Let's touch a little bit on the Luna Palace now. I'm reading on the brochure here. It's, uh, it's uh, more for long stay kind of idea. Is that true? Yes, Luna Palace, it is by far our long stay top seller. Yeah. It, ha it has always been. It has a quite, a, it has a quite different atmosphere and also, um, I guess, decor and, and, and ambience overall. Mm -hmm. is The decoration is very traditional, Mexican warm colors. Yeah. Really, when you step into Luna Palace, it's almost like you're going to your own home <laughs> uh, in Mazatlan. So that's, that, that's kind of the atmosphere. And um, we have an incentive for long stays. So we give free nights oh, uh, nice. for, for every so many uh, uh, nights booked with us. We mm -hmm. give you extra nights for free. Nice. Um, every room has a fully equipped kitchenette. So that's a yeah. huge plus for long stays. Every room has ocean view and every room has a private balcony and also in addition to that the common areas are quite large so so it's a small hotel with only 71 rooms yet the common areas are so big that is it, there's enough room for everybody just to relax mm. and, and, uh, and enjoy a quiet vacation yeah uh, touch a bit on Mazatlan now it's a bit of a rejuvenation from what I understand uh, so touch on some of the new things it's been a few years since I've been there yes and, and behind all this is the new the the, the new government and, and uh, the, the governor of the state, he's actually coming, he comes from the hotel industry in Mazatlan. So he saw the importance of rebuilding Mazatlan to make sure, to ensure that Mazatlan keeps up with the rest of the Mexican destinations and competes in with the business of, uh, in, in, you know, attracting more mm -hmm. Canadians and of course attracting younger generation of Canadians because that's what we want them to, to know. Mazatlan is, is current, it's yeah. is, is up, it's been upkeep up and upgrade. Um, so some of the most interesting things that have been done is that the boardwalk, mm -hmm. boardwalk mm -hmm. that happens to be the longest one in the world, 21 miles, has been completely renovated. It's very walking friendly now. Uh, it, fe it features bike lines uh, yeah. and it will have some sort of light rate, light uh, rate, uh, rail. light rail train. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. In, in the future, um, the downtown core has been completely renovated as well. Cobblestones, a lot of those streets have been closed off to traffic, so mm -hmm. they're now just pedestrian. Nice. And the lights, uh, the actual they, they got rid of all the street lights and now they're coming off the uh, sidewalk. Oh, so really? when you think about it, the think about the European cities, that the light really accentuates the architecture. Same with Mazatlan, the lights now accentuate, accentuate the, those beautiful colonial buildings. Yeah. There's also been um, quite a bit of investment of uh, in common areas. They've been renovating a lot of common areas that people have free mm -hmm. access to. And there's a plan for a, a, a significant park that will be located right in the heart of uh, Golden Zone. It will have different areas, so this is a long-time project, mm -hmm. but it, it, it will have an open space theater, it will have uh, playgrounds and and, and so on and activities so things have been improved slowly but surely we've yeah. seen a lot of progress especially when we got rid of uh, got uh, we were trying to get uh, <laughs> ready for a, a massive trade uh, uh, a huge trade show that we had in April so yeah. things were, were uh, upgraded uh, for them anything that I've missed that you might want to add about Mazatlan well think about Mazatlan uh, for many I mean let me give you a couple of reasons why you should consider Mazatlan for this year and the yeah. upcoming years. Um, yeah. One is the only colonial city by the beach, and yeah. really this it has a beautiful downtown. Um, something that makes Mazatlan unique is that 
it, it is a city that has uh, such a vibrant cultural life. So for example, you won't imagine this in any other place in Mexico, but it's the only f beach destination that has an opera house that oh. is running year, year round and it has an orchestra and it has a theater company and so on. Um, so you can enjoy a lot of cultural life in, in Mazatlan. And lastly, in the, and I cannot stress this enough, um, Mazatlan, uh, the majority of our resorts in Mazatlan are family owned and operated. And this has been happening, you know, we had the second or third generation of hotel owners now running yeah. the, the, the hotels, yeah. as opposed to corporations just opening yeah. hotel chains. And what, why, why is that different and important? Because if you have an issue, chances are you're going to get the owner to come and see you and resolve the problem in person and you'll have personal service. So that that's, makes a big difference. Yeah. Very good. Veronica Rivas is a representative for uh, Palace Hotels in Mazatlan. I do thank you for your time and information. It was great. Thank you. And I really, I, I wish everybody to come and, and see for yourself. Mazatlan is beautiful and it's always welcoming. And, and uh, we hope you, uh, you come and visit us. Now, if you love music, no matter what kind, love food, history, culture, and warm weather, look no further than Memphis, Tennessee. It is known as the home of blues, soul, and rock and roll, and a lot more than that. So to tell us all about Memphis, Tennessee is Kevin Kern. He's the Vice President of Public Relations for Memphis Tourism. Their website is memphistravel.com. Kevin joins us now. Hi, Kevin. Hey there. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, I'm hoping we can get <laughs> as much as we can in, in the time lot we have with uh, looking at your website, memphistravel.com, and the tagline is home of blues, soul, and rock and roll, and oh my goodness, there is so much to see and do. I don't know uh, where to begin, but hey, if the tagline is home of blues, soul, and rock and roll, let's uh, talk about the music first uh, when you're visiting Memphis. I guess that's a, a big part of it, isn't it? It certainly is. I mean, uh, and we, you know, we're known around the world for Elvis and Graceland, but we're so much more than just uh, Elvis and Graceland. Uh, we have a rich music story uh, that you know begins with the blues. You know, the blues really gave way to uh, soul and rock and roll. And uh, Memphis is known for three genres of music, which is uh, pretty significant. Uh, you know, most cities would be lucky to be associated with one genre of very popular music, but we've got three. We're kind of a melting pot for music and the blues got its start here with W.C. Handy on Beale Street with this Beale Street Blues. And, uh, you know, fast forward several years to a young Elvis Presley mm -hmm. hanging outside uh, some of the blues bars on uh, and, and juke joints on Beale Street and soaking up that influence that would eventually go on to uh, be the sound of rock and roll. And, of course, soul came out of Memphis through uh, the likes of several record labels, including Stax here in Memphis. So we've really taken our sound and exported around the world. It's one of our greatest exports, uh, but lots of artists associated with the city. Um, you know, not only Elvis uh, recorded at Sun Studio, where rock and roll really got its, uh, you know, has its roots, mm -hmm. but also Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, you know, B.B. King is synonymous with Memphis and Beale Street as well. Uh, and then also think of today's artists uh, like uh, Justin Timberlake, uh, who is from Memphis and really uh, found his soul in music here. And, and Drake, one of the biggest selling um, artists of today, uh, you know, spent 
much of his youth growing up in Memphis mm-hmm. uh, when he wasn't in Toronto. He's got family and his father lives here. So uh, a, a lot of uh, musical genres associated with the city. So it's a good town to come and find live music uh, and, uh, and and find your beat. Yeah, well, it's actually kind of overwhelming when you think about it, when you just talk about the history that you touched along and you visit Graceland and, and you just celebrated Elvis Week, which I think probably uh, must be a lot of fun when you're in, in Memphis. Sun Studio. And then there's like the live music it must be everywhere yeah the live music is everywhere you know uh, we, we we try to have it around every corner uh but you know you'll find it not only at bill street but in in some restaurants uh, and you know there are folks who even uh, come to memphis and and find a church and go and hear their music on the weekends uh, the reverend al green uh has is from memphis and has his own church here and uh, uh we have a lot of visitors who come in certainly from around the world who uh pop over to his church uh, in uh, South Memphis on Sunday to uh, soak up a, a Southern gospel celebration. Yeah. Well, okay, not only do you have music, you have great food, too. So let's touch about, uh, about some of the food and, and the places you can and visit for that. Right. Uh, you know, we have a dynamic culinary scene here in Memphis, the backbone being barbecue, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, but we like to say we have the, the best barbecue on both sides, the Mississippi. Uh, and uh, it certainly is true. We've got over 115 barbecue restaurants in Memphis. And uh, I dined at one last night myself. Uh, it is kind of a way of life. And, uh, you know, it, it's also something that the locals occasionally argue about as to who has the best barbecue, uh, which uh, is something that we actually put in our latest advertising campaign where, uh, you know, people argued who's got the best barbecue. And, uh, you know, and the director of, of this spot actually talked about how, uh, you know, that's something that people, you know, were debating in in, in uh, jury duty during deliberations when they couldn't talk about the case. They talked about who's got the best barbecue. <laughs> so there's a, a lot of alliances and, uh, you know, people have favorites. But I'll tell you what, it's all good. And I challenge any and everybody to come down and try try to check all 115 plus off your list. That would be a challenge. Uh, such a r- rich history, too, in Memphis. You have the National Civil Rights Museum there. Uh, and other things that people can visit. Uh, touch a little bit about that, about that too. Right. Uh, we just commemorated uh, MLK 50 at the National Civil Rights Museum uh, at the Lorraine Motel, the site of Dr. King's assassination uh, here in Memphis in, uh, on April 4th of 1968. And uh, the site of his tragic passing is now a celebration of his life and legacy uh, and, and really showcases uh, not only his movement, uh, but the movements of today. Uh, it's, it's a living, breathing museum that continues to uh, roll out uh, unique exhibits that cover the, the current times. Uh, it's, it's a gathering spot, uh, you know, for people to make their voices heard uh, when there are, you know, disagreements per se. Uh, and it is, it's really a unique uh, museum to go and experience and take in all of the uh, the galleries, uh, and it's it's a great spot for visitors to go and learn about uh, you know the civil rights movement in U.S. history, uh, but also what's happening presently. Uh, when there uh, were was a travel ban here in the U.S., uh, the site of uh, uh, protests and and people gathering to make their voices heard was mm-hmm. the Lorraine Motel, and and it only seemed fitting since it is about civil rights for all. And uh, it, it's a very moving place to go and learn about Dr. King's legacy. 
mm-hmm. and the movement as a whole. And it really is well done. They just went through a multi million dollar renovation a couple of years ago. So um, it is a must-see place while you're in Memphis. And uh, as we uh, commemorated uh, this 50th anniversary, we actually uh, dedicated two additional uh, parks and monuments to Dr. King here in Memphis. Um, so uh, there's a little bit of everything for you in Memphis, whether it's uh, great food, history, culture, uh, music, the arts, uh, and uh, even the great outdoors. We're, we're on the Mississippi River. You can mm. take river cruises, uh, whether it's a day cruise on the Mississippi. We even have large uh, steamboats that uh, do overnight tours between Memphis and New Orleans. Uh, it really is a, a unique way to uh, experience Americana here in Memphis. And it's uh, even a good place for families, too. There's uh, the Children's Museum of Memphis. I'm getting all this on your website, by the way, memphistravel.com, and there's a a section for first-time visitors, and it's a great kind of outline if you've never been there. But uh, touch a little bit about uh, the Children's uh, Museum of Memphis and other things that families can do. Yeah, a lot to see and do for families in Memphis. Uh, we, of course, uh, you might want to be sure and see the the ducks at the Peabody Hotel. Uh, we also have uh, the Memphis Zoo is one of the premier zoos in the U.S., one of only four in the U.S. to have pandas. Uh, it's a great zoo. Uh, and, and also our Children's Museum is, is truly top-notch, first class. Um, it, it, you know, we're home to FedEx here, so uh, FedEx is partnered with the museum, and, and kids can uh, do their own little flight simulator of sorts and see how uh, FedEx sorts packages uh, at their hub here in Memphis and, and learn all sorts of things about weather and science, and there's a splash pad. So a lot to see and do at our Children's Museum, and uh, we just uh, debuted uh, our research stored uh, Memphis Carousel uh, at the Children's Museum. So a lot to see and do for the entire family. You can even uh, walk from uh, Memphis into Arkansas across the Big River Crossing, uh, which spans the uh, Mississippi River. It's the largest pedestrian crossing of the Mississippi and really allows uh, you to walk or bike or, or run across the river. And uh, at night, there's a dazzling, exciting LED light show on the bridge. So always a good time for for everybody young mm-hmm. and old uh, or the entire family there's a lot to see and do and of course eat because we've got good food not only barbecue <laughs> but uh, really a rich and dynamic culinary scene uh, several James Beard nominated chefs uh, it, it really is a spectacular experience beginning to end you only have a few we, seconds so anything you want to add you know, I, y- y'all come see us. You know, we said hello earlier. Um, typically, we say, hey, y'all. So um, I'll, I'll end by saying y'all come see us in Memphis. Uh, and, of course, as you mentioned, memphistravel.com is a great place to plan your trip to Memphis. And, of course, uh, you you know, throughout Canada, you're one stop to Memphis on Air Canada and many other major airlines. But we've got a nonstop uh, daily from Toronto, and uh, you can catch connect to Memphis quite easily and and find yourself in the home of blues, soul, and rock and roll. Kevin Kern is the uh, Vice President of Public Relations for Memphis Tourism. Again, memphistravel.com is the website. Uh, Appreciate your time, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.